Hi, this is Madeline, a.k.a. Groisha, founder of Growing With The Seasons. Our new voice, season one, is the foundation of the intergenerational conversation. It's been in my heart to do. We need more mirrors and voices to inspire our choices. For in the reflection of each other, we all grow wiser. I know I have. To learn more or get involved in this and other co-creations and conversations, check out the website gwtsfamily.com we offer many ways to help you groom your authentic expression here we grow hello everyone welcome to our new voice again oh my goodness this is such a dear friend you know someone i didn't expect to come into my life but every time i connect with her i grow brighter and more clear because she just loves me like i am and i give her back the same thing so i want to invite you to meet a sister in her 40s, dear friend of mine, Chantel. Hello, Shanti. Hello. Hi. How are you? Thank you Good. for inviting me. Happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me into your life. I've grown so much in your reflection. Thank you so much. Same. Ditto. I've right. learned a lot. More than I could ever have imagined. So yeah. I think that's what relationships do, right? Relationships are mirrors. They're classrooms, right? Yeah. You're welcome. I, like, like a marriage, you know, I learn so much from you all the time. And um, I always walk away feeling better than I did when I came, um, you know, to to your beautiful presence. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Chantel. And I always get a belly laugh. So I really love that part. (laughs) So, okay. So let's go to the questions. Thank you so much. So the first question is, how are you informed or kind of learned to be how you know yourself and your gender, like a girl, boy, like how were you informed of your gender? What do you remember? Well, I mean, I was always a tomboy almost all my life. I always felt more comfortable being around boys and and men. It just felt more freeing. And the fact that my dad wasn't in my life always, I feel like I had a longing for that. But uh, I also felt less judgment being around men. But it also did have some of its own uncomfortabilities. When I started to mature more, it became a little bit more, you know, my boobs started coming in and I I would always find myself <laughs> kind of like hiding, you know, like kind of slouching or pulling my shirt away from my chest, you know, because then I was starting to get other types of attention that felt uncomfortable. So I definitely knew that I was a girl by around that time, around 13, 14. But yeah, you know, that's, I guess, time that I really learned about my gender. Then I I received my moon, uh, my moon blood around age 14. And then, uh, yeah, it was. And how did, how, what was the response to that the, what, the, from your family? Like, how were you taught about that? Well, here's. You know, the pad, this is what you have to use. You know, you, you keep yourself clean. You, you know, protect yourself down there and don't let anybody, you know, get too fresh or touch you or, you know, you just need to protect yourself because now you, you can become a mother. There wasn't a lot of information. It's just don't do it and that's it. Like, you know, until you're 18. What to do with this now? And it it just it sounded like a burden more than it was gift. And so Mm -hmm. thankfully later on in my later years, I was exposed to red tents and women that really nourished me and taught me about the importance of our moon blood, uh, offering it to the plants and seeing how strong they become and leading to offering it to the earth to give back as an offering because the earth, mother earth gives us so much. So. I wonder if you speak more to the idea of giving our blood though. I want to say something first. Me too. You know, when I was um, younger, I actually got my moon after my younger sister. I was a late bloomer, if you will. And so when it when it came, it it did feel like it was a little bit of an embarrassment or, or a thing. And for me, I remember the smell is what made me yeah. feel like I had like a smell to me that was different, right? 
Nice. And over my years of working with people and my own self as well as a woman, which I identify as a woman, well, I feel like a they, but I call myself a she. So I remember speaking to people and saying, it's like we give birth to creativity each month, like these eggs of creativity, whether it's to make a life or create something. And then when we get to the time to bleed and we have to let it go through us, there's almost like an inherent grief in letting go of anything that didn't come to be or any attachments that we would have had. Like, I think that PMS time is also like a grieving time because you're letting your blood go, you're letting your creativity go. So bring us to your experience of why we would bring that blood to the earth. Right. Tell me why we would give it to the earth. I wasn't in that school. Like I did it a few times when I got older, but it wasn't something that uh, I was taught to do. You know, I wasn't taught to bring it to the earth and what that would be like. So would you mind speaking more about what it is to bring your blood to the earth? Well, I mean, there's this unexplainable connection that you feel between you and the energy of the earth. And it's almost like, you know, you're really humbling yourself and pretty much asking for the support of the earth to support you in your times of, you know, you know, you go through your, your cramping and your body aches, but you're just kind of like surrendering to the earth and asking for, you know, you're, you're giving gratitude, thanking the earth first and foremost, but also, you know, I know that this blood that I'm, I'm giving to you has nutrients that you can utilize. And just like the nutrients that you give to me without asking for anything in return, I'm willingly giving it to you and in hopes that you could also help me through this time, you know, of introspection and, you know, Mm -hmm. just, yeah, because I got to see what it did for the plants in the house. So I had no doubt that it did make them stronger and they, and people would notice. So if it can do that with a house plant, imagine what it's doing with the earth. And I know that there, there was some stories about how we used to always freely give our blood. And that was our way of creating sisterhood because we would all go away to the mountain and leave our children behind with their fathers so that they can have their uh, brother time and taking care of the kids while we went and took care of ourselves and bled into the earth. And this is why we sync up naturally because that's how it was in the original times. And then when we stop, you know, earth is going to get its blood anyway. And that's how kind of some of the wars started because of the disbalance. And, you know, we were no longer bleeding into the earth. We were, you know, using quad. Mm-hmm. We were, you know, mm-hmm. we were blocking it. We we're shoving stuff up there. Mm-hmm. Right. And not flowing. Started, right. And therefore we started having a lot of menstrual pain, you know, it pulls down, it's going down because the earth mm-hmm. is trying to bring it into it, but mm-hmm. something is blocking it. Yeah. Yeah. I like the way you experimented. I like the way you took it to your plants and then to the earth. Like, you know, we hear these concepts and at first, if they're not in our frame, it's like, what are you talking about? Like my period, but I don't want to put that on the earth. Like, I don't want to. But when you recognize that it's a giving back, that it's an honoring, do you know what I mean? That it's a a connector, right? Like you're connecting your yourself. And I think that part you bring up too about how we sync up, that's a fascinating thing, the way when women play together, they start to sync up on those cycles. And I believe it is, like you said, for the purpose of letting go together, like the red tent yeah. prescribes and those old understandings that during that time, go and be where you'll be nourished and you'll be able to be reflected for what's happening. Because you know, as moms in our house trying to explain to our family or our kids or our husbands, oh, I'm going through this and you didn't this and you didn't that. Like we got to create problems sometimes around our period. You know what I mean? It becomes a cycle of drama. So I think that's a nice thing to recognize that there's a proper place to have that experience that allows you, even if you take a day or two just to be creative or to take a day of silence or anything that says, oh, this sacred thing is happening and I want to mark it with my presence and not just like ignore it and keep going. And keep going, right. And I also feel that it creates a synchronicity amongst your relatives, uh, meaning, you know, the animal relatives, because now they know your scent. They know, for some reason, I feel like they gravitate more to me. Let's say I'm out in the yard and they show up. 
they don't seem scared of me. It's almost like they know me, you know? I don't know. That, that's, that well, there's no I, threat, right? Like once you give to something freely and you accept your connection to it, there's no threat. You're not trying to kill it. You're not trying to eat it. You're not trying to control it. You're saying, yeah, you and me. Hey, how you doing? How's your day going? Like, hello, Mr. Squirrel. Yeah. And it's like Nice that. to see you. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I, I know that for a long time. I know what you mean. For sure. It's awesome. Yes. So anything else you want to say about learning about your gender before we go to the next question? Learning about my gender. I don't know why I find that such a foreign question for me, because I'm like, have I ever thought about that? You know, like. I mean, I, I, you know, people have said to me, you know, you're not a little boy, you know, you're not, you know, and it's like, but I felt like I could do what the boys do. I could do what the boys do. Too, yeah. So and you I do, don't. you kick butt out there. I've seen you. <laughs> you're no slacker. She gets it done. So I know I, I appreciate it. I mean, one of the things that's come up in my reflection back to others is I've always felt like a boy and a girl. And I think you and I have that and similar when we play together, like, there's masculine aspects and feminine aspects of us, and we both see the others and we kind of play off of it. You know what I mean? Because we're not girly girls, but it doesn't mean we're not really sweet and feminine, too. Exactly. Exactly. We're strong and clear and focused when we got to be. Yep. That's so true. We're lucky. We're lucky to live in the balance. May that balance persist in all of us. All right. So let's jump to the next one and see what else comes up. The next question is, what did you learn about yourself in relationships? You know, what did you learn about the way you interact, what you needed in relationships, any patterns you had in relationships? Like, what did you learn about yourself through relationships? Well, I learned that I was a lot more emotional than I thought I was. You know, if I felt like people were not understanding me or I wasn't able to find the right words to put together, I would get frustrated, angry and start crying. You know, I would get, stop crying, you're always crying, you know, and it, it would trigger me even more because I just felt like I was always misunderstood um, and not really accepted by the masses. I was more accepted by the few. So either I often felt otherworldly to people by wanting to participate in things that were out of the ordinary, I guess, and they probably did it want to participate in that because they didn't understand it and then me getting kind of frustrated like they don't know what they're missing like you know just why can't they give it a chance they don't accept me I don't belong here I want to leave I don't want to be here you know just things like you know come on let's let's play out in nature let's make food out of the you know the twigs and dirt and <laughs> you know or let's go do a performance and let's record this performance you know, so that we can show it to our parents and give them entertainment. Like I always wanted to do outside of the box things that wasn't just your typical hide and seek. Most kids, they wanted to do hide and seek type things or mm-hmm. catch each You're other. Creative. <laughs> you know, I don't want to kiss you. You know what I mean? Your breath stinks. Like you didn't brush your teeth. I don't know. I just always was like, yeah, I've already done that enough. Can you guys want to, can you do some of the things I want to do? You know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so I often found myself playing alone and having the best times with myself. I thought I was the funniest person, the kindest person. (laughs) And I had the best conversations with myself. So Mm. I wonder if that's part of your design in some way as a character to help things evolve, like to help things grow in a new way, right? Because you're so innovative, you know, that's like the and playful like you are. And yeah, I think that's describes part of what we enjoy about playing with each other is like being creative with what we get to do. Like before this call, we were dreaming and scheming and getting so excited because we were both going to play something that's not what we played before, but we want to play, you know? So, and I think that takes courage, you know? And I often, I also was noting when you shared that I was curious if that way you developed a a more tomboy, masculine way invited you to have a a discomfort later in life around your emotions because men are not necessarily always groomed to share their emotional space as readily as a woman. So there you are, dude-like girl or however, you know, and then all of a sudden all these emotions are coming in. It's like, I don't know, what do I do with all this? You know, what do I do with all these feelings? And how do I navigate this when I'm like trying to be... 
you know, one of the, you know, whatever. So I think that's part of the process of marrying our, our omoteo, you know, our masculine and feminine parts is, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm still really deep and emotional and I can be a mad boss at the same time, you know, but being able to ask people to understand how sweet we are and how emotional we are, because I think when you walk so strong, people sometimes make impressions and projections that are not the whole truth because they don't recognize that it's just a suit you're wearing over the the balance of your heart. You know what right. I'm saying? Like you're not trying to deny anybody anything, but there's emotions that come up. And I think still as a person, you want people to understand you. The times that I track your heart, the tenderness I feel is when you're trying to be so pure and so true and people aren't getting you and they think it's something else. And you're like, no, 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 that's not what it is. What are you doing thinking that? You know, and then you're thinking it and it's like, oh no, now it's in me too. And it's like, no, you know. Right. And then sometimes I can't find the words to explain it while you're questioning me. Like, just can we get through it so that I could keep hearing whatever that vibration is? Because sometimes I don't freaking know. I don't know either. Mm -hmm. why I'm going this way, but something is telling me I have to go this way. And if you can not be a, you know, not be louder than what I'm trying to listen to. Oh yeah, what's the new song? What's the new song that you want us to make? What is it like, Spirit, Let Me Hear You? What were you saying the other day about me? Oh yeah, I've I've been asking Spirit to speak louder than these humans (laughs) and my own thoughts too, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because... Yeah, you know, that's what the, these locks that I'm I'm doing in my hair, which has been sometimes hard for me, but it's my reminder to have patience with humans and to remember to stay in my heart. You know, like you, your words are he's talking about locking my age on stage or accepting my age on stage um, because sometimes I do want to dye my hair, but then I'm like, no, I want it to be natural. I want to embrace this and not hide it. I don't want to like numb it either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I want to kind of just embrace this new stage. And um, as well as I understanding that actually people want to hear what I have to say now, finally, but I'm still with a little bit of maybe PTSD. Like, I don't know <laughs> that if I trust that you really want to hear what I have to say. So sometimes I, I don't. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. I'm hesitant to, because I'm not used to this new audience that actually wants to hear what I have to say. And I'm like, no, I want to hear what you have to say because I'm Mm -hmm. used to being shut up and, you know, Mm -hmm. just listen to what I got to say. And yeah, you're you're a really young grandmother. You know what I mean? So like, and I don't, I mean, when you see, when you, if you could see her, she's, she's very young looking, but her life experiences are of an older person, right? Because she's been in a lot of dynamics that, you know, informed her of all these things, right? Because, you know, you don't know what it's like to have a child, have a baby and be a grandmother or to be a grandmother to someone else's child's baby. Like there's a lot of nuance to all that, that you got to manage, you know, you got to dance through, right? Right. And then sometimes the fact that, you know, I was kind of forced to become an adult before my time. Although I'm doing a lot of this adult stuff, I feel like my child in me has been suffering a lot because I am a silly person. I am a, you know, free spirit. But oftentimes these things that I've gotten myself into require being responsible and following through. Um, And I don't always enjoy that part but I can do the part and Mm -hmm. most people Mm -hmm. say I do it well but I don't get the gratification fully out of it so you know oftentimes there was people that would say you know that they wish they could be like me and then I have all this going on but I didn't feel it inside I didn't feel what they saw you know that's a big part of being able to integrate and accept the things that you create from other people's responses, right? Because if you got an idea in your head that yours is doing it wrong or too fast or this or that, even though the good stuff comes, you can't add it because you got that strong voice, like you, your prayer there to get out of those voices. It can limit our ability to receive the, the reflection of our own divinity because, you know, we all have a little bit of that not worthy game that seems to play in in the frame of our experiences, you know, like that gets passed down, you know. I remember in my family, it was almost like 
knocking in between the legs just to keep you down. Like, don't get up too big. Don't think you're so great. You know, don't think you're so great. You know, and it'd be like, well, what? I'm not thinking I'm great, but I feel really good right now. And as I feel really good, you seem to want to come and tell me not to feel so good. And I'm thinking, oh, oh, I shouldn't feel so good. And I'm like, well, why can't I feel so good when I feel bad? I feel really bad. Why can't I feel really good? Right. Do you know what I mean? Like, And why can't you feel good, too? Let's feel good together. Yeah, be happy for the other person. Yeah. Yeah. I used to shut down with that, where I would notice that when I was down, that's when the others actually felt good. And now they were happy and playing around. And, they, you know, and it's like, well, why, why isn't there room for both of us? You know? Yeah, I, that's a big part. I think that that's part of that Piscean age and that duality and that comparison that was so ingrained in us to decide our value out of comparison, you know, whereas as a tree, everybody's here to bloom and grow what they're here to do. Every flower is here to grow the flowers it grows over and over. And I don't want to get in the way of your bloom, you know, but I want to bloom too and let the sun hit me and let the sun hit you. Right. You know, like this, it's just not a competition in my brain, but I too am sensitive to those nuances and those looks and things. And I think that's that addiction to approval that was at the root for a lot of us in our generation, maybe even more in my generation. I'm a little older than you, but that looking for approval and getting that check mark from the uppers was definitely like whoever the higher up was, was a factor of if we were okay or not, that approval thing. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's true because I often didn't have an opportunity to express why I might've broke something or snuck out or stole somebody's car. You know, one of them stole cars. I've stolen many cars. They were all relative cars, everyone, just so you know. You know, I would have that mischievous in me when I felt that I wasn't being allowed to express why I feel the way I feel, why I might have pushed somebody down, you know, that was, you know, me bullying them because I was being bullied. And when I got in trouble for fighting and I I went to go explain what happened, I would be shut up, you know, don't talk. And then eventually I became, I started becoming, uh, having a, like a nervous disorder where I would blink a lot or shake a lot, like, or, you know, and then that was a problem too. Stop blinking like that. Stop. And it was like, oh my, I don't know what to do. You know, it was, it's, with so my... inher- it's such an um, interesting description because basically what I'm hearing you say is like, Things would come through and I wouldn't have a place to take them through, like, you know, creating a skit, doing something. So like it would come up and I wouldn't know what to do with it. And then it would get in some twitch or in some action or reaction or rebellion because you weren't really being ex- accepted as you were. Right. My stepdad did. He loved all my creativity and he exposed me to camping and he exposed me to all kinds of, you know, explorations and and history and you know so you know at least thank you to him thank you to him that's why we got a taino woods (laughs) right thank you to that no we receive everything i don't i'm not singing a song of like anybody did it wrong it's just you grow in the reflection of the way that people are holding their lens on you i mean one of the things about families is we can't really change how somebody projects onto you you know so say your child looks at you a certain way and it's so hard to hear what they have to say and it's so twisted from what you would ever try to give them. But sometimes their projection is just their form of protection, their defense system. You know, we have to not take it personally because everybody gets to project whatever they want, but it doesn't mean it's you. Exactly. Exactly. And I and my mom did the best job she could. She was a single mother too. And that's another factor that when I was a kid I I didn't understand, you know. What, what it is to have to be working all the time. And even when you come home, you have another responsibility of a child and you don't have a partner to help you, you know, or the partners that you do select are so broken that they're not going to add value to the family. They're just going to take or become another kid. So my mom was very strong and very, you know, responsible. And there was just a lot that she brought to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very grateful to learn all the good and the not so good because they were all good. Mm-hmm. I'm here today. Yeah. And I think sometimes when those single mom stories or single dad stories, like there is a bond over the stress or the trauma of the experience. And they do use their kids as a resource. I mean, my mom trained us 
to do what she needed done so that she could be able to balance it. You know what I mean? Like we used to call ourselves the future maids of America. Like we were being trained to clean. Do you know what I mean? Like that was going to be our job. Like we're good cleaners, you know, but she wasn't able to do that. So our doing that gave peace to her life. So as a young person, I was like, that woman, she's so mean. She's always making us clean and yada, yada. But now I'm like, she's a genius. Yeah. Genius, man. She killed it. Like she brought up some wonderful people and she made sure she could get her stuff done. And she used us like resources and not because she didn't love us, because she needed the resources. Like when kids were grown to stay on the farm to help with the farm, it wasn't not to let kids have lives. It's because the farm needed them. Yeah. So teaching opportunistic uh, teachings, you know, not in the opportunistic way of taking advantage of anyone, but taking the opportunity you know, looking at the opportunity within everything. And, you know, the fact that we know how to take care of a house, you know, that's one piece that's very important as you live life. If you can't have your house in order or in balance, it's going to bring disbalance in everything else you do. You know, you are oh, yeah. the balance work in life because there's work in the house and there's work out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know anytime I go on a trip or travel, my house has to be perfect before I go. Yeah. Like perfect according to me. And it's not right. because anyone's going to see it because when I come home after yeah, whatever my adventure good. was and that home's in that space, I'm going to grow some grace. I'm going to be all right. Yeah, and then you have to be home. And you're happy yeah. to be home. But if you come yeah. back to a disaster, oh, you're like, I'm going go back on vacation. Mm-hmm. I learned that one. I learned that one a couple of times. I said, well, that's not going to happen again. No, 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 that wasn't pretty. So awesome. So that's good. Anything else you want to say about what you learned in relationship, either like through sisterhood, brotherhood, anything else you want to say you learned about relationship, about yourself in relationship? I mean, at the moon dance, I really got to see a lot of the sweetness that women do carry, right? It was a nice thing to see because growing up, oftentimes I felt kind of shunned by the sisterhood or you know oh she just hangs around boys because you know she's easy you know she's probably sleeping with all of those but you know what I mean like just I didn't always feel accepted and being at the moon dance seeing you know some of the like for example I was in a lodge once and my back was hurting really bad and I I didn't know that I could sit there much more much longer And without me saying a word, I could feel a woman scooting around, scooting around, turning over and placing her back against my back so that I can have a seat almost like I can have some back support. And just that energy just felt like so much love. And like, I'm here to support and not not laugh at you because you can't sit up or, you know. Yeah, I love that, Chantel. It felt very supportive to yeah. to. You might want to say a little bit. So, the Moon Dance is how Chantel and I met originally. We might have met in other places too, but we really connected as sisters at the Moon Dance. And just in brief, you know, there's a a Moon Dance that was originated by abuelas. I believe it originates in Mexico, and it is of the Nahuatl tradition. Correct. Right. Correct. And, and it was a vision that came to a sister who was. Uh, dancing in the Sundance. And who's the sister? Do you know? I don't remember her name. I have it yeah. on a note somewhere. Yeah. But Just I know lost. like Abuela Malanali and our Abuela is Ana Carmona. And so these dances exist now in a lot of places in the world. And it's a pretty magical thing in that all sisters come together with the support of brothers. It includes four nights all dressed the same, dancing in formations on the ground in an arbor of all the directions and sweat lodges complimenting it twice a day to purify us and for us to pray together like it's sisters praying. There's prayer ties for each of us to show our prayers that hang there. So it's a beautiful place to cultivate that sense of container of the feminine and sisterhood. And like you, I also soften so much in the experience of being around those sisters because you're talking about sisters all over the world. You're not just talking right. about ones that look like you. Yeah, so much diversity. And because you're all having the same experience, you start to bond in that experience, but not in a way that you're making anyone else feel better, putting it down. We're all keeping each other up. We're all like getting through it together. You know what I mean? Like we're holding each other and we're moving through it. So 
just as a little side for anyone who's like, what are they talking about? And of course, if you want to know more, you can inquire. But it's a beautiful way to come together to pray. And I'm sure there's many of those around the world in different ways, but that's the way that we came together. And we have a love for sweat lodge and a love for ritual and prayer. So we were able to really enjoy that time there. Right? Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, of course. All right. So I think we covered relationship. Very good, Chantel. You're doing awesome. The next one, (laughs) the next one is how do you discern the truth or like, how do you know the truth for yourself or keep like a spiritual alignment to help yourself, you know, trust yourself to make good decisions? Oftentimes, like an idea that I have not been thinking of will just pop up in my mind. I may not, I didn't have any time to cultivate it or anything like that or to understand what the steps are going to be. But um, so, yeah, so pretty much I don't know much about it. Is that like intuition? You mean it's like intuition doing that or spirit like yourself? Intuitively, yeah. I'll receive this message and then I won't know pretty, I don't know what else is supposed to be done with it. But as time goes on, I usually will, something else will present itself. So either an animal or an opportunity, a person that will give me another message that connects to that first message and almost kind of guiding me of how I need to proceed the next move. And it sounds like synchronicity. It sounds like you kind of follow synchronicity, almost like a bouncing ball. Like you look for where it's connecting and flowing. Right. Yeah. And it's not even that I'm looking for it. It'll present itself and then remind me of the other, of the original Mm -hmm. thought. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of gives me confirmation and confirmation. Mm -hmm. And then it works. It works, you know, and even though I'm getting this other, you know, people like, well, why? Like, why do we have to do it? it what are you even doing? I don't know, but just follow me because this is, this is going to be really good. I promise it's going to work, you know? And so I don't know if that's answering, you know, no, your that question, does. But... that's your truth, honey. And what about um, spiritual hygiene? Like, how do you clear yourself spiritually? Like, so, you know, sometimes in our dynamics, being involved in rituals, prayers, our own lives, we get filled up. So how do you kind of purify or clarify yourself or spiritual hygiene, if you will? Like, how do you keep yourself clear? So either I'll perform Reiki on myself, because oftentimes I forget, uh, you know, always being in this service role. But um, it would be, you know, Reiki, you know, baths, doing baths and creating a little ritual around that to activate, to give thanks to the water for coming in to purify me, activating it with Reiki or with prayers, right? Often both looking for shares, you know, from either like a teacher that practices energy work or or some, you know, someone like that. Being in nature is the biggest and without people being Mm. in nature mostly. Mm -hmm. That's how I often reset. But usually even physical work helps but I'm trying to get to a place where there's less physical work so that I can do more spiritual work, you know? So oftentimes it is nature, being in nature, getting my spiritual cleansing, participating in other sweat purification lodges and, and ceremonies like that. that. That helps me clean up. Uh, nice. Also listening to meditations and motivational speakers, which I haven't been doing lately. And I could use some some tune-ups, you know, with that. So that is very helpful. Yeah, I I suggest to myself, and and if anyone cares for a suggestion, yeah, what you listen to is like your your brain's diet, right? So those pull-ups, you know, one of the people in the podcast said that you can either punch up or punch down, you know, when you're doing comedy. So when you listen to that higher frequency understandings, it's like a pull-up. And like invites you to consider things from another perspective. Do you know what I mean? But yes. also bring it, bring it back home to your center, but consider it and remember it almost. I find when I listen to those things, I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, of course. Like, duh, what was I thinking? Like, it's like this, you know, it can really clarify stagnation sometimes. Exactly. And when I was a child, I really didn't know about these rituals. 
and and things like that. But it almost seemed like I was always doing certain types of rituals, you know, like I said, being in nature, making, you know, food, playing house outside and creating a purpose for everything. Um, mm-hmm. all these, or mm-hmm. repurposing it because it already had purpose. Yeah, I remember but making I'm, art out of it. Okay. Yeah, you're going to be mm-hmm. my little hut. This is my home, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Things like that. But the biggest piece of of ritual for me was dance. I, I thought I was mm. going to be a professional dancer. I, dancing mm. was my life and where I felt that I could leave my body and nothing else mattered. That was everything to me. And since I became all these other things in life, I have not been dancing at all. And I really muscle. Well, let's make this intention together to bring the dance back into our lives and everything we do remember to dance because when I was younger, me too, I danced through everything. I suggest in my journals to myself and reference, like as I look back, that it's through dancing that I got through every strong current of change and emotion in my life. Like when it was different times that we're just like, what the heck is going on? And it wasn't like it was just going into somewhere. There was a band I knew and I just danced from the minute I got there to the day no at home. I barely yeah. even talked to people. I just danced. Right. I sweated like crazy and I felt better and I went and got a good rest. And it just helped me shake off and move away from the density of whatever I was grieving or moving through. So let's never forget. And I have a thing that one of my friends gave me way back. God, it's got to be 25, 30 years ago. It says, there's always a reason to dance. That's <laughs> like so true. So true. Even Thank if you, you feel like your technique is not there, because that's what happens now. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. like, oh, I've been out of the game for so I long. Like, I don't have balance. No, none of the new moves. But like, just, like, <laughs> just dance. You can do that. Like, me too. I feel like I dance like an old lady now a little bit. Like I was dancing at yeah. Unifier recently and everyone was just like, you know, and I was just like, you know, I was like, all right, come on. And I was like asking my body, like, where is that? Come on, bring it yeah. back. You know, like, yeah, we're going to We're going to chair dance because I'm an amazing <laughs> chair dancer. Nobody in dancing in the car, you know? <laughs> I got some moves, man. I got that guitar I play. Like, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, honey. Well, that's beautiful. Thank you for that. So that brings us to the last section, unless there's something more you want to say about that. No, I think, I think that, I mean, you know, I always feel like, like I'm a Dr. Doolittle in, in some ways. Like, you know, the animals were also very helpful for me with my spiritual connections. Because I always felt like I could translate what they were thinking and what they were saying, you know, being a commentator, cracking mm-hmm. people up, you know, <laughs> the ones that didn't think I was weird, that stuck mm-hmm. around, didn't just walk away and ignore. Either way, whether they were there or not, it didn't matter. Because me and that animal had a connection and we were creating stories, you know, movies and everything. No, with, um, but that was very healing for my, for my spirituality. Yeah. And my spiritual constitution, I think, was one of the questions there. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, of course, the animals all have medicine. Yeah, me too. I I think that's wise. And again, it's so innate, right? Like for you, it's natural to be connecting. And I know you well enough to know that you're able to attune to anything you really connect to or pay attention to, you know? So I think that might be more innate in a lot of us. But when you're so busy doing what you're doing, you forget that, like, is that flower singing to me? Did that tree right. just make a wind that came at me? Like, are you talking yeah. to me? Like, oh, I hear right. you. It sounds a little crazy, but I think most people are waking up to that. We're far more connected to the things around us, you know, when talking yeah, about all relations. By just being, by by listening, being astonished and telling others, like, you know, that's yeah. always been like my rhythm, you mm-hmm. know? Like, mm-hmm. is anybody seeing this? You're like, share the awe, share the awe. Like, what? You got to feel this bliss. You got to feel this sweet spot. (laughs) But come on, don't be mocking it. Like, just give it a chance. Like, look, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. It's nice. Nice. Well, thank you, honey, for your beautiful reflection. So, and the last question is, what are some of the values, you know, like that you'd suggest or what are the shared values that you look to build? I know you have a community yourself with Taina Woods there, like, what are some of the values that you feel you're focusing on as you grow? Or what would you want to share as values go? Yeah, well, you know, to walk in truth, 
you know, your truth, you know, be willing to express it, you know, walking with integrity, humility, you know, love, you know, to discover these things a little more, you know, spend a little more time in these energies of, you know, loyalty, being accountable, keeping your word. And someone said the other day, you know, being more curious. I think I that's love the curious. best for me. Curious as opposed to critical. Mm. If you're more curious, it. you know, you're more open than being critical, like listening just to kind of challenge it. Like, you know, so for me, that, that would be some of the values that I want to bring more to the forefront of our community is, you know, that's, I feel like what got us where we are today is mm-hmm. really curiosity and just letting go, like surrendering to some things, you know, some of these belief systems that we get some, most of the times pushed into, mm-hmm. we weren't even asked, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So true story, true story. And not so much great. like, yeah. So, you know, and some people are, you know, they're like, you know, we, we have to get away from the ego, slay the ego, but not, what about if we just love the ego mm-hmm. and, and talk to the ego and give it instruction because we know best now, you know? Yeah. And we, I know. mean, yeah. If you think of it as our higher self is kind of informing this avatar and if we're in a good relationship with our spiritual way and our avatar, we're guiding it to be, you know, because I, I do my best to embody a lot of those values you suggested, but there is a negotiation process. There is a way that the part of me that might want to be bratty or controlling has to be reminded that in this moment, how you respond is creating your karma. It's creating your life. Do you know what I mean? Like your choices and what you say and don't say and where you go and don't go, they kind of say who you are. Right. And I think one of the biggest values too, and there's so many, but like trust. Oftentimes I hear people say, you know, I don't trust nobody. I don't trust this. I don't trust that. Well, then that's blocking your ability to be curious. Because if you don't trust, then you're not even going to go further, Mm -hmm. right? To be curious. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so that's why at Taino Woods, like, you know, there, there's, everything is open there. Everything is there. And I don't, you know, there isn't anybody kind of just sitting there watching over it, you know, because we're trusting. And in order to see more trust in the world, you have to put it out. Even if it's uncomfortable for you because you were, you were raised a certain way. Okay, in Connecticut, yes, my house is locked. But, you know, I have to start somewhere and that's where I'm choosing to start is over there, you know. So just pretty much trust is a really big value that I want to put back into the world in this world, this new world that we're building, you know, is, is putting that in, is that trust first. Right. Build a new world, Build boy and girl. So yeah, I love what you're saying. It reminds me of um, your synchronicities and trust means faith, right? So it's the faith that what needs to happen is going to happen and that you're protected more than you realize. And I think our ego, as you reference, is our protective system. But there's a protection in that there's energies, ancestors, stars, cards, trees, who knows, but that want us to grow. Right. And that what we need to grow is coming around us. And sometimes it's not comfortable because sometimes it's a grow to learn what you got to let go. You know, and that's where you got to just let the lessons come and and listen and stay curious and say, okay, so let's make room. Let's let something go and see what comes in when there's room. Exactly. Because it's, you know, you'll realize how much things, how many things were possible if you break through that barrier, you know, but if you do nothing, then, you know, you get what you get. You don't get upset, upset yeah. because, you know, you didn't, right, you didn't give it a chance to unfold. And sometimes we, we give up right before it's about to blossom, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that's another yeah. thing, you know. Where, yeah, you know, they're, they're so, you know, sometimes we, we get stuck in the end result that, you know, we don't take time to enjoy, you know, from A to Z, right? That, yeah, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why it's right there. Well, great shares, honey. Well, thank you so much. So the way we usually wrap it up is we try to say a prayer as we close. So maybe we could both kind of like take a couple of breaths and let both of our voices speak, you know, what we want to say from this shared experience and 
how we want to pray to let it go. And I just thank you so much for being a persistent person who helped me become more involved and not stay home. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. She even had really traveling with her. Jesus, I like to travel alone. I travel with Chantel now, I tell you. <laughs> All right, so let's just take a couple of breaths and thank you for the wind that's coming through. Thank you to the elements. Thank you to the connections that help us grow. And let's lovingly release everyone's energy back to them fully healed in present time. And gently take our own energy back to us fully healed in present time. Take your hands together and feel the connection of all the aspects of you connected to those fingertips and palms too. And breathe into your heart. And remember, everybody's doing their part in the story of the heart. And thank you, Chantel, for doing your part. And we send this up. We send this to the Most High to say thank you for helping us understand how to harmonize. Well, thank you, Madeline, for giving me this opportunity to, you know, be more comfortable with this that I found uncomfortable. So thank you for telling me how to be comfortable with the uncomfortable when it comes to the electronics uh, form as we're leading up to Zooms and, and things like that. I appreciate you. I thank you for your wisdom and your guidance and just your sisterhood and, and loyalty, you know, because you, you just are so loyal and you allow me to be me. And I never feel like there's any type of competition or any type of bashing, you know? It's always like, no, tell me more about that. Like, I just thank you for being that frequency that I've needed in my life. So, and for answering the signal that I sent out, you know, even though you might tell, I'm not really that, you know, fond of grouping, you know, or, you know, I, I like, I'm a lone wolf usually, you know? So thank you for being curious enough to want to see what this could unfold. And even if it was your last time, you know, thank you for bringing me in. And I just want to thank Creator for giving me life, giving us life and, and allowing us to, you know, just be stewards of this land and, and leaders to a community that has been nothing but pure loves and support. And uh, I want to thank Mother Earth for allowing us to walk on her back and, and keeping us safe. You know, even through the windstorms, you know, all the different seasonal changes that go on while we're out there um, doing our best to, you know, connect and, and make things beautiful. I, I like to give thanks to Mother Earth for nourishing us and keeping us mm -hmm. there. And to my to our ancestors, our spirit guides and all the communities that support and love us. I want to send blessings and harmony to their hearts and let them know that we are truly great. And that's pretty much what I wanted to give thanks. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for making a, a, a tribe that I want to join and inviting me into the pack. I love you so much. You're welcome. I love you too. Hi, this is Madeline again. If you're interested in learning more about co-creation and building a new foundation, check out the website gwtestfamily.com and get involved. Join us in growing this frequency of more peace and harmony and possibility. inside me that longs to glow. I call for the wisdom of my teachers and my elders and the wisest part of me. What is it that's going to set us free? How can we find harmony in this family? Please teach me. Show me the way. I know. The way will open. Where is it? Where's the fire? Rhythm in the middle. Stay centered. Stay true. Do what you're here to do. That's what'll soothe your soul.
smell that fire. Time to sing with the tribe. Rhythm in the middle. Rhythm in the middle. Rhythm in the middle. Rhythm in the middle. Soothe our souls. Soothe our souls. Rhythm in the Oh